This hour of the Bill Meyer Show podcast is made possible by Clouser Drilling. Clouser Drilling is proud to sponsor the show. We appreciate them, too. If you need to drill for water, be sure to call Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. ClouserDrilling.com. More with Bill Meyer. Join the conversation at 770-5633. We're heard all over Southern Oregon. 1063, 106, uh, 1067. There we go. 1063 and 1063HD1. 106.7. Just got to get that all straight. Then uh, KMED, Jackson County, and uh, the Medford and Ashland and Grants Pass. It's uh, 99.3 KCMD. Appreciate you listening wherever you happen to be. Streamed on KMED.com and the Facebook.com slash Bill Myers Show. Facebook feed is, uh, is up here this morning, too. The... Uh, well, a whole bunch of uh, Congress critters ended up going to the uh, border yesterday. Is this just uh, for show, or is this uh, going to lead to something perhaps, uh, you know, like a tipping point? Uh, we'll we'll see about this. We'll certainly have a good conversation on that uh, coming up. Eric Ruark's going to join me from Numbers USA. We're going to be uh, talking about the uh, the serious issue there. Daniel Street's also going to join me after seven o'clock. And uh, he is uh, an author and an attorney with uh, more than 20 years' experience. And we're going to be talking about how, you know, is is this what the elections are going to all be about? Nothing uh, under the control of courts and judges? We'll be digging into that. He has a pretty interesting uh, substack about such matters. And it uh, being Conspiracy Theory Thursday, Diane Anderson is going to return today. And we're going to talk about this uh, Great Reset thing, the climate-friendly, equitable communities, all this effort to refashion our neighborhoods. Is it about resetting our neighborhood to a better time, an earlier time? What do you think? And, you know, you have to actually understand what's going on before, you know, you can, uh, you know, do anything about this. All right. We'll hit some of the headlines, but it is Conspiracy Theory Thursday. When it's Conspiracy Theory Thursday, I'm always happy to go to the calls first. And I have not cleared any of these calls, so they could be just raving and unhinged, or they may be thoughtful, or a combination of the two. I don't know. Let's go to line one. Hi, KBD, KCMD. Good morning. Who's this? Well, I'm a little bit hinged. It's deplorable Patrick. Bill, good morning, and thank you. (laughs) Well, having you kicking off Conspiracy Theory Thursday, Patrick, is an honor. It's okay. You are not unhinged. Well, Maybe I'm, just a uh, maybe just a little too. bit. Maybe well, you know, unhinged though today is kind of like when people try to define misinformation. When you hear people talking about misinformation, usually that means uh, disagreeing with the uh, preferred narrative by the powers that be. I suppose so. All right. Sometimes being hinged can kind of limit your range. That's I right. Suppose. You want you want to be yeah, able to yeah. to unhinge yourself and 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 free float depending on where the uh, evidence takes you so anyway what's on your mind patrick go ahead the conspiracy that i want to bring up is the conspiracy to reduce kmed's listenership okay what's that this unbearable 800 guy (laughs) now no i can't take it i'm looking for a window to jump out of why uh does he never has he never heard of such a thing as listener fatigue? Oh, I know. <laughs> are, are you are you are you talking are you talking about one of the uh, eight hundred number guys in like uh, the USA News at the top of the hour? That guy oh, in no, one of the ads. He's on all night, all night, and uh, he's the one eight 
800-471 and every But you see you can't you don't even remember the number though. You can't even repeat the numbers. So how effective has he been? He's getting me to turn the radio off. That's how effective he is. Okay, can't well he, he, can't, I understand why why he's doing it. I I, 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 I can't I can't help I can't help you I can't help you with that. Of all the conspiracies that are going on, that's the one I can't help you. The uh, you know the I, people that read the ads on the networks are the people that read the ads on the networks, and you know I can't I can't change guy, that. It's it is out of my power. I'm sorry. He doesn't he doesn't read the ads. He only reads 800 numbers all night long. And uh, <laughs> now I, if I now I can actually go back and get tapes of the, uh, of the of the radio station. We're not reading 800 numbers all night long. I wake up to the radio no, station. It, we're not doing that. It's some professional. It's some professional eight hundred number reader at some advertising agency. Can't he get a, a lady's voice to su- fill in for him? Well, something? what I would do is call the eight hundred number the next time you hear it irritate you, and then ask them. I'm dead serious. Yeah, but the eight hundred number is to call some company that sells paint or shoes or something. And it's every different company with every different product, but the same gravelly voice all day long reading 800 numbers. Okay, well, I'm not noticing this because perhaps I just ignore it and uh, that it is one conspiracy theory that I have. You know, it's like I have great power. I mean, I'm just I'm just absolutely to, a radio god here in Southern Oregon, but I <laughs> just kidding, but I I cannot I, I cannot to, part uh, the I cannot part the Red Sea on this problem. I'm so sorry. I was trying. Well, I don't hear him as much during your program, but I was trying to listen to Hugh Hewitt. All right. Well, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen for the 800 guy, and we're we're going to see if we can get a a tape of him so we can figure out the gravelly guy. I think I know who you're talking about. I know that. Tell him, tell him to get us an assistant with a more pleasant voice or several voices doing that, like a lady's voice once in a while would be great. Hey, even artificial intelligence voice would be uh, preferable, right? That kind of thing. We can tell him that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Pat I, Patrick, love you. You're not unhinged. You're just irritated. That's all. All right. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Oh, 18 after six. Here is a conspiracy theory. theory and I can't even help the poor guy. I, I have to talk. I have to talk, you know, deplorable Patrick down from the ledge. Oh, my gosh. How am I going to? What am I going to do about that? But anyway, hi, KMED, KCMD. Good morning. It's Conspiracy Theory Thursday. Who's this? This is Miner Dave. Hey, Dave. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I want to give you an update. The sheriff's department isn't going to do anything. Okay. Now, you just started off with the sheriff's department isn't going to do anything. Now, when you hear that, calling from the Iron Gate, nobody has a clue what you're talking about. What is that? Uh, on the road closure of our private road. Okay. Yeah, because of the dam removal the deputies are saying they can't do anything. We can't get through to the sheriff himself because all you can do is call the dispatch. Uh-huh. And uh, the dispatch gives you a deputy. And the deputy says they can't do anything because it's a private road. It's a civil matter. Okay. If it, if it's a, In other words, they've closed the road out of your neighborhood, right? Or at least one of the roads. Right. So there's, a, there's, only a, there's only one way out, right? Right, and it's really putting a uh, like with the disabled people that are in here. Mm-hmm. It's putting a, a crimp on everything because uh, that's actually not the good way to go out. Okay, 
Now, I have great sympathy for you. Now, the sheriff says it's a private road, so it's a civil matter. So that means that uh, you got to get a couple of people together and sue them. Right. Nobody has any money. We can't find an attorney. I've called around for attorneys, and nobody seems to be interested. And I've called some big law firms that specialize in uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Okay, they're they're not going to care. They're not going to care. All right. Uh, It's a private road if they're not required to keep it open. And do you have an easement over that? Do you people have an easement to use that? Right. We uh, the road. Actually, they got an easement to use it. The road belongs uh, uh, is. uh, Well, we don't own the land there now, but uh, but at one time that was part of the whole ranch. That was the road into the ranch. Okay. All right. Here's here's where you're looking at it. It's a private road. And unfortunately, uh, it probably is a private matter. So I don't know uh, where you go on this unless there is an attorney willing to take on the patron saint of lost causes. Well, uh, yeah, because see, under the Americans with Disabilities Nobody cares about the Americans with Disabilities Act when it comes to your access to your neighborhood. Because there's disabled people that are... Nobody cares. Dave, Dave, I'm sorry, there could be disabled people. You don't own the road. The people there don't own the road. No, but under the Americans Disabilities Act, they got a grant of access. It's federal law, state law. Great. Okay, so in other words, I have a private road, and I decide I don't want to let anybody use it. Nobody else has an easement on it. I can I close it, and the uh, ADA I says I have to open it up. To the road, we have easements to the road. Well, I asked you if you had an easement. You said no. Law too. Okay. All right. You're talking in circles with me, Dave. It's still. I'm not talking in circles. No, no. I'm just saying that the. I, I don't think the ADA necessarily cares about this one. If you can't, if you have an ADA case, if you claim you have an ADA case, I'm not handling the law or anything like that. All right, but uh, if well, you, no, if you truly, guy, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Hear me, thre- hear me out. If you truly had an ADA case, you know, and you get damages out of stuff like that. If you truly have an ADA case. Uh, because of disabled people being uh, they they have less access because of the uh, of the private road being closed, and there would be a lawyer willing to take it on. And the fact that they're not willing to take it on tells me there probably really isn't an ADA case. It's just a private road, and they don't have to keep it open. It's unfortunate no, and it's unfair. They didn't want to take on the federal government, the state government. Oh, okay, well that might be the case state too. Government. But you know, at this point, the here's the solution. At this point, the solution is probably get a nice big effing pair of bolt cutters and cut the cable. Okay. All right. And then see what happens. And then see if you can get the sheriff then to come out and arrest everybody for trespassing and then make some well, noise yeah, about it. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. For, uh, then I'm calling for help to do that. All right. All right, Dave. Like I said, I'm sorry. You know, they don't want to take on. Listen, if, if there's really a good case, I think they would want to take him on. But maybe it's not being explained to the attorney because it's confusing me as much as maybe the attorney that they called. I don't know. Love you, Dave. It's uh, 23 after 6. Conspiracy Theory Thursday. Hello, KMED, KCMD. Good morning. Who's this? Morning, Bill. Bob Shandon, Medford. Bob, don't fr- please don't frustrate me as much as the first two calls, okay? Oh, 
I'm sorry, because I'm going to talk about City of Medford's uh. first council meeting of the year. Oh, no, I'm down <laughs> in flames and frustrated already. No, I'm just kidding. Know, and by the I way, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not picking on the first two callers because they were just things I couldn't solve. That's all. Oh, no, no. At least you're, you're being brutally honest. You yeah. Know? Okay. And sometimes brutal honesty is okay. All right. Um, so the patron saint of lost causes, the Medford City Council, uh, tonight they are voting on a couple of things that are quite interesting that you brought to my attention. And please tell us more. Okay, well, let's take the last one first. Is it's four days into the new year, and the cities have budgets, you know, based on our taxes and fees. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing on the list, I think, should be the first thing that people will note, is they are already putting in their first supplemental budget for the biennium 2023-2025, and they do about six or seven of them in a two years time for $9.495 million. They're already padding the account with all of our taxpayer money because they got to use it. They can't give it back. They can't rebate it like the state, you know, wants to. So that's the big money end of it. Well, the part that irritated me, though, was this uh, taking the grant from Pacific Power to, uh, and they had to come up with some matching funds and then, uh, put in some electric charging uh, stations in places. In fact, uh, charge co- vehicles that are so popular, the taxpayers have to pay to fill them up. I mean, do you have you noticed that how many gas payer uh, gas stations around here have been uh, funded by taxpayer uh, grants in Pacific Power and uh, Medford City Council and all the other city councils? Have you noticed how it's like none? Bob, you ever yeah. notice that part? None. Yeah. But for some reason, the people with electric vehicles need taxpayers to pay for their gas stations. It astounds me. It really does. Right. Mm. And Pacific Power was more than willing to sell them the electricity to do it, uh-huh. even with a grant. Yeah, and, and just bit. like the city of Medford, of course, overpaid for its uh, its Christmas light power, just so it could say, ooh, we, it's blue sky. Yeah, so it's another <laughs> smart start to the year with uh, the Medford City Council. Fair enough. Yeah. Hmm, Yeah. And another good topic is they're taking the last of their American Recovery Act funds, uh, 800,000, I think, somewhere in there. I have to scroll down the page. What rat hole will it be flushed down this time? Homeless. Oh, homeless. homeless. Oh, that's that's a never-ending rat hole. Okay. See, I told you, please don't be the third (laughs) caller to frustrate me. And it's like, well, no. you don't have to leave your backyard to get frustrated, but it's nice to know <laughs> what is going on in your backyard and what's going on in our local politics. So even if people don't go down and, and talk to them in person, you know, which kind of falls on deaf ears sometimes, uh, they can write emails, which doesn't happen all that much. You have. Mm-hmm. and uh, But be aware. You know, and, and and participate as best you can to know what's going on in your own backyard. All right. About time to get uh, Nick Card on again. Nick Card, of course, is uh, one of the few people who actually uh, says he's willing to come on the show and talk about such things. So maybe he's willing to come on and defrustrate us. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you'll get an, um, uh, a debriefing after the council meeting, although you might get lucky within the next couple hours and get a pre-briefing. But... Uh, all right. Most likely a debriefing after the fact. Thank you very much. We'll see. All right. All right, Bill. Hang in there. All right. Yeah, because uh, so we have uh, money being flushed down the homeless rat hole. And, of course, I, I kind of understand that they're taking the American. Yeah, the American rescue plan is not rescuing America. It's rescuing uh, the bums and the derelicts here in southern Oregon, or at least uh, that's where the money is going. Isn't that great? I just I just love it. Uh, line two. And maybe it could be frustrating call number four for me. I don't know. Uh, hello, KMD, KCMD. Who's this? 
Hello. I'd like to frustrate you. <laughs> it's, grump, it's grumpy, Gene. Go ahead. Let's hear it, Gene. Let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> One complaint, that guy that fills in for you. The guy from the college is boring. Oh, the guy from uh, Hillsdale they have on once a week, right? That guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had something on that at least is uh, with the holiday that he's blurring about uh-huh. or blurring on. Yeah. And another thing, maybe uh, Minor Dave should get uh, some of these protesters to show up and go after the fence. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can cut it and do anything they want. Hey, and you know, and that's okay. You know, get some Antifa people in Northern California to say, hey, we want you to come out and cut the fence and just protest. And then they're, you know, they're, you know, as long as there's a good time going on for them, maybe they would come. I'm just kidding. All right. But in all, in all seriousness, it's, it's a very frustrating situation. But the way it works on these sort of situations is that you're either going to, you know, get some lawyer willing to plead your case and uh, and file a case or else there's probably not much it's going to be doing, uh, done rather given that the sheriff said that, well, it's a private road. Where do you go on something like that? It's a tough one. Try the DA. Well, the district... Uh, well, well, the district attorney, though, is is only there to prosecute or to charge people and prosecute crimes. I don't think there's any evidence that uh, the um, the people closing the road, the private road, who they probably have the right to do so, uh, have committed a crime. Well, if all four of those houses have easements, mm-hmm. therefore easements outweigh the one easement for that whatever the outfit is. Okay. Yeah. But once again, though, you would have to probably go to the civil court to take that on, which means you have to have a lawyer to do it. But anyway, thank you for frustrating me. All right. We appreciate that. All right. Hey, I worked hard at it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's uh, 629 at KMED, KCMD. Hi, I'm Paul Strandberg with Valley View Nursery, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. The Best of Southern Oregon magazine is online at bestofsouthernoregon.com. To find out who won gold and silver medals in nearly 200 categories, just visit the website and flip through the magazine online. You can also sort by category and learn about Southern Oregon's best suppliers of goods and services, such as Fontana Roofing, Oregon Ear, Nose, and Throat Center, and Boise Cascade. Congratulations to all the award winners from Bicoastal Media, publishers of Best of Southern Oregon. Visit bestofsouthernoregon.com today. News sponsored by Caveman Heating and Air. It's the climate and we control it. Call Caveman Heating and Air at 541-476-0009 or cavemanheating.com. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 morning news update. Medford Police opening up about its investigation at Asante Rogue Regional Medical Center. Multiple Asante sources who do not want to be named tell NBC5 News that as many as eight or nine patients died as a result of drug diversion. Our sources say a nurse in the intensive care unit replaced fentanyl medication used for pain with tap water, which led to multiple infections. Yesterday, MPD released a statement. It reads in part, quote, In early December, the Medford Police Department was contacted by officials from Asante in regards to a former employee that they believe was involved in the theft of controlled substances prescribed to patients. Asante has informed MPD that they have identified the involved patients and have notified or are in the process of notifying them or their families. 
We would like to acknowledge the community's concern with this case and ask for patience and understanding as this investigation is complex and ongoing, end quote. And while it's still relatively early in snow season, the first survey of California's snow show levels are far below last year's total. Statewide, it's about 25% average snow cover for this time of year. However, while state climatologists agree conditions are dry right now, they say it could all change in the coming months. But because the snowpack was way above normal at 177% of average last year, reservoirs are still full. And that's a look at your morning headlines. For NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. USA News Update. There's a new top dog studio at the Global Box Office. Universal Studios overtook Disney to earn the top spot in 2023. It's the first time Disney has failed to take the number one spot since 2016. Led by Oppenheimer and the Super Mario Brothers movie, Universal's two dozen movies released last year brought in $4.91 billion at the Global Box Office. A woman is suing the Hershey Company after she opened a Reese's Halloween peanut butter cup and it didn't look like the picture on the package. She was expecting the pumpkin-shaped candy to have a cute face, but instead it had nothing. It was simply pumpkin-shaped. She says Hershey falsely represented its holiday candy and she would not have bought it and spent her money had she known. What her lawyers are asking for, unclear. I'm Ryan Daniels. USA News. Millet Construction has been a general contractor for 40 years. For the last 20 years, they've specialized in foundation repair and replacement. If you have sloping floors, cracks in walls, and windows and doors that are hard to open, you have a foundation problem that's only getting worse. At Millet Construction, they not only fix your foundation and level your house, they solve the water problem that's causing the damage. Get on solid ground. Call Millet Construction for a free estimate. Visit MilletConstruction.com. CCB number 32787. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. And this is The Bill Myers Show. Thursday morning. And, uh, yeah, the first uh, 20 minutes of the show was an exercise in futility. All sorts of problems I'm trying to fix. You know, how can we actually fix it? And, and then probably the biggest problem of all. The most intractable problem at all, and this is how many times do we have to have uh, Congress people go down to the border and say, hey, we've got a real big problem before something gets done about it. And it's astounding the numbers we're getting. 302,000 migrants is how it's always described. Migrants uh, were encountered at the southern border in last month alone. All right. Eric Ruark joins me. He's with Numbers USA. Numbers USA. I've talked with people from Numbers USA for a long, long time. And uh, he is the director of research in public relations. And you know something, Eric? I always keep praying that the year will come in which you go out of business because the problem has finally been solved. But it appears you'll, well, you got a job. You're going to keep doing this for the time being. Welcome to the show. It's good to have you on. Thank you. Good morning. Yes, uh, we would not mind going out of business because that would mean the problem is solved. But we're a long way from that. Yeah. 302,000 migrants encountered. This is just massive. More than 785,000 migrants encountered. And that's just since uh, since October. And at what point does it become clear that the United States is no longer uh, giving us or guaranteeing us a Republican form of government? And when I say Republican, I'm talking about a republic. You know, we're, we're not being defended from uh, from uh, from invasion right now. I mean, you can. You, there's no way that you can't call this uh, an invasion. Is that engaging the hyperbole to call it that at this point? What do you think? 
No, and that's you know that's something that we're we're not uh, you know fire breathers at Numbers USA. We're, mm-hmm. we're a policy analyst, and we you know, we try to get sensible legislation passed. But there's no way to downplay this crisis about what's going on. And, and as you pointed out, that 302,000 encounters, that's an all-time record. And there's really, you know, the only thing we can compare those numbers to are previous months of the Biden administration. I mean, we have never seen anything like this sustained, and it's not sustainable. That's the point. Um, and those encounters, that's basically people who have illegally crossed the border, right, and have come into contact with border patrol. Not necessarily apprehended because, you know, they're processing them and releasing most of them. You know, not everybody's getting in, but most people are. But that doesn't include people who, you know, the gotaway, both the known and the unknown. So we, that adds to the to the numbers coming over. And now, Eric, if there's a way, I don't know if you if you can or not, but since you're a numbers guy from Numbers USA, how many do we encounter versus how many are estimated that are just observed and not contacted by Border Patrol by anybody, and they just uh, get through, or they're unable to be caught or contacted? Do we know? Well, they do. They do make estimates of gotaways. We know in fiscal year uh, 23, there was 670,000 known gotaways. Mm-hmm. And then there's the unknown because the knowns, they can observe evidence someone has crossed. They either okay. see them and can't apprehend them or there's a footprints or video sensors. Uh, and then the unknowns, you know, that's there's estimates of those, but they're simply you know, wild ranges because um, you know, it's anywhere from 1 million to 3 million people who we don't know. But we assume people are coming over. We know people are coming over that we can't see, particularly because the Biden administration has pulled Border Patrol agents off the border uh, and and prevented them from stopping and apprehending illegal border crossers and put them in uh, the facilities to process and then release people. And so a lot of a lot of people understand and the smugglers are telling them they they respond to what's going on, that if you show up and and you say that you have a credible fear or if you have a, a minor um, child with you, that you're just going to get into the United States. And that's why people are coming, not because the Republicans go to the border and start, you know, having press conference talking about this problem. It's because the smugglers are alerting people and their family members who've already gotten in here are alerting them back at home that if you get to the border, you're going to get into the United States. And millions and millions have been released by the Biden administration into the United States. So this is an actual policy. This is a choice being made by the administration. And I can't help but notice that uh, this has now been, you know, even though the Biden administration is a democratically controlled administration, we now have democratic stronghold cities in the United States of America that are themselves now finally reacting to this because it's uh, been having a bad effect on them. From what I understand, New York, various other places. That's that's correct. And, and you're also correct in pointing out that this is not incompetence. This is the result of willful decisions, willful policy decisions made by the Biden administration. And, you know, there are there is pushback. You mentioned New York, the Chicago. We're seeing it in, in Arizona, the governor, Democratic Governor Hobbs. Uh, and then that's good that we have, you know, more people, out, particularly Democratic politicians, speaking out against the Biden policies. But the problem with Mayor Adams and Mayor Johnson, Chicago and others is, you know, they're identifying a problem because they're dealing with the effects, but the solution they're calling for isn't a secure border. It's that they want taxpayer money to subsidize this. They want it, they're want they not oh. saying it shouldn't continue. What they're saying is our, we shouldn't be on the hook for it, right? So they want to subsidize federal taxpayer money, uh, you know, housing, feeding, 
uh, and all the other costs associated with this crisis. In Oregon, in other words, uh, we here in Southern Oregon, Northern uh, California, as an example, should be paying taxes to the federal government to take care of people illegally present in New York and Chicago, Los Angeles, and various other uh, large urban enclaves. I imagine Portland, Portland too, to an extent, right? Uh, Portland is a sanctuary city, yes. They haven't had the influx that, say, New York and Chicago has, but they certainly – and, you know, there's the saying that every state's a border state. Every city is mm-hmm. a border city. Uh, given the numbers coming over illegally, that, that certainly is true. Eric Ruark, once again, he's with Numbers USA, Director of Research and Public Relations here. What is the cost to every person in the United States uh, to this this choice of the Biden administration right now? Is there a way to put a number or two on that, the cost of well, it? Well, there have been estimates. Uh, there's an organization, uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform, which has done that uh, for many years. And their most recent one, I believe, is $1,200 uh, a taxpayer, and that's a household. So each household, the U.S. Uh, citizen tax uh, household taxpayer, is responsible for twelve hundred dollars. That's just averaging it out. Okay, and that's that's real money. Now, that, about... now that's not broken out on your income tax form, though. But it's interesting when you no, when, no. when you think about that, though, as you get ready to pay taxes for April, right? You know that sort of thing. To think that, uh, gee, the the typical taxpayer is about uh, twelve hundred. That's your fair your fair share of paying for people who have broken the law and. Now, this was the, the next thing I was going to ask you about, though, is uh, Texas has uh, has come up in past legislation to say to say, in essence, that if the federal government will not enforce border security, well, then Texas will. And it's uh, kind of thin gruel, but it, it would be like writing. I guess they'd be uh, people that would be found illegally present would be charged with something. It's not a big deal. But even then, uh, Texas is being told that they can't enforce the border. They can enforce their own uh, security. Is that uh, is that the way it's being described? Is did I you know describe it correctly, Eric? Well, the, yes. The Department of Justice has already written a letter to Governor Abbott saying you know stop. There's a law that was passed actually by the legislature signed in signed into law by Governor Abbott. The Department of Justice has said you you, you know don't enforce this or we're going to sue you. And they've they've asked the federal courts to allow the federal government to get rid of barriers that the Texas governor has placed on the board. And so that's going to play out in court. And and I don't know if you remember several years ago, uh, Arizona had passed a law where they were going to enforce a uh, U.S. federal immigration law. And, and if you think about it, there's not another area of law which the federal government tells the states, we don't want your help or cooperation besides immigration. Right? It yeah. is because they don't want the federal laws enforced, so they don't want the state stepping in to do the job that the federal government, under the Constitution and under our statutory system, must do, right? The faithful execution of the laws, which the President of the United States swears to uphold, he's not doing that. Yeah. He doesn't want the, the, the states, in a sense, to interfere uh, with, with his policies. That's that's fascinating to think about that or consider the uh, implications there that there is no there is no other type of federal law that the federal government says hey don't enforce this they want help and cooperation because they, they actually want the state resources yes absolutely. okay all the other laws that are out there the federal government says go ahead states enforce that we're actually okay for you enforcing a federal law except for immigration that's a really interesting uh, exception <laughs> to- and as long as long as the state laws don't conflict with federal law and in this case, you know, obviously the courts will have a say, but Texas is saying, look, 
uh, people are pouring into our state, and the federal government is not only allowing it to happen, in many cases they're facilitating. And, you know, Texas is bearing the brunt. It has for many, many years. And other cities are bearing it, too, and we're all ending up uh, paying for it in one form or another. Eric, I know that uh, that you and other people have uh, been on the show before talking about H.R. 2, the Secure the Border Act. And what would this do if there is enough political will to actually move something like, like this through Congress? I know it's a big election year and uh, people's minds are, are focused, but sometimes it's really hard to get something which is... Um, which is really important passed. I, I could be wrong about that, but what would H.R. 2 do if it were to be passed? Wait, H.R. 2 was passed back in May through the House, and it's a very good bill. It would go a long way towards ending this crisis. It would uh, end the parole abuse by the administration, which you know is supposed to be used for on a case-by-case basis, rarely for humanitarian purpose, mm-hmm. purposes. Uh, they're basically you know using it for hundreds of thousands of people uh, giving them the authority, what they say is a new lawful pathway, which, of course, they don't have the authority to do. It would raise the credible fear bar. So someone shows up at the border and says, I have a credible fear that if I'm returned home, I'll be persecuted. They actually have to prove that Uh instead of just saying in order to get into the country. Because as it is, it's just you say you're being persecuted. That's all it takes. And okay, magic words, shazam. Well, you just say you have a fear that you will be if, if you don't aren't released. And so the administration says that's good enough. You don't have to prove that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, HR2 would make mandatory, uh, E-Verify mandatory for employers so they can't hire people who are in the country legally. Uh, it would also stop the release of family units. And this is one of the things people need to realize. The Biden administration stopped DNA testing of minors, right, to to ensure that the adults who showed up at the border were actually related to them. Now, isn't that the fact that the well, Biden that. now, if the Biden administration is not doing DNA testing of children arriving at the border, doesn't that mean that they're probably missing a lot of children being trafficked, human trafficking? Absolutely, and they're helping to uh, complete that process, that trafficking process. Okay. Our federal government is doing. Willful. Now, I I guess this would be an opinion. If they're not doing the DNA trafficking, I can't imagine the Biden administration wants more human trafficking. Is it that they their policy is to not, uh, well, is to make sure that we approve everybody that claims that uh, they're a family, you know, one way or the other, and you're in one way or the other, and no questions asked? Is that really, you know, what the plan is? I think that's a fair assessment. The trafficking then trafficking that's going on, which they're very much aware of, seems to be a consequence they're willing to live with in order to get people into the country. Okay. Who, who, and again, when we talk about migrants, what, we, what we're saying, what we mean is inadmissible aliens, right? Foreign nationals who have no right to enter the United States. These mm-hmm. are the migrants that you know the news report uh, talk about, but they're not aliens who are admissible, meaning they don't have a legal way to enter. Eric, is the uh, movement on the border just one direction? Is it mostly just coming in? Or is there any evidence that the porous border is just a two-way uh, sort of street? I, I just wanted to be fair, you know, about this. Well, there is, and people, you know, in the who do immigration work talk about circular, circular migration, and that right. used to be more common back when you had a lot of people coming in working in agriculture. Uh, it's, it's, there's... Yes, some people go home for various reasons, but most, many more are coming in because there's the, the magnet, the job magnet, but there's also benefits. There's also 
birthright citizenship. So if you have a child in the United States, that child automatically becomes a U.S. citizen, which is, you know, after you have a U.S.-born child, it becomes difficult for for the government, if, if the government has the will to do it, to remove people who have a U.S. citizen child. That's, you know, that's referred to as an anchor baby, and that very much is what it is. Uh, but there, there, is, there are people who leave, but, but by far, uh, it's migration into the United States. More coming in than leaving overall then. Okay. By far, by far, absolutely. Now, E-Verify, that's part of H.R. 2, if that uh, were to be passed by the Senate. So it's been passed by the House already. If it's passed in the Senate, uh, then it would go. Of course, I would imagine the, uh, the president would most likely uh, veto it, right, the way it's looking right now? Well, that's when Speaker Johnson um, you know, took the chair, uh, Speaker's chair, he passed a continuing res- resolution which uh, kicked the can down the road for funding mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of months. So January, some of the government funding. And then in February, funding for DHS, for the immigration component, uh, comes due. And so that's really where the leverage is, and that's why Speaker Johnson led the delegation to the border yesterday. This oh, that's what this is about. Okay, this is, uh, uh, this of, is a big a political fight, right? This is a big political inflection point then. That's what we're talking about it sure in the is. immigration and, and deal. That's, they do. Congress has the power of the purse, and the House especially has control over over spending. And so they're going to make the argument, and they have, and we'll see if they stand firm on this, that there's not going to be funding unless there's border security. And the White House is saying, no, we're not going to negotiate on that. You give us more money so we can continue the policies. That, and, and their argument is all we need is more money. But what they want more money for is to allow more people into the United States. Yeah, to actually process them rather than uh, yeah, turning them back. Process more. Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely right. And so we'll see if the, the Republicans hold firm. And in, in, in the Senate, we've seen uh, indications there that they're going to go along with, you know, withholding funding unless they do get actual secure border. And the White House is going to have to make the case that it's more important to keep the border open, right? Mm-hmm. That they're willing to shut the government down in order to keep the border open. And as you pointed out, there's a lot of pushback among Democratic voters. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But certainly those who support the secure border have the upper hand. And there's no reason why they should fold to the White House when what's going on is right in front of our eyes. The effects are obvious. And we know it's not going to change unless Congress steps in and forces The one thing that does concern me is that I've had mixed feelings about E-Verify. And E-Verify strikes me as something, it's like, uh, you know, it's like everything that gets done makes it more difficult and more paperwork for Americans, rather than just repelling people who don't belong here in the first place. And how how difficult is E-Verify to deal with? Because, you know, we've had all of this, uh, you know, real ID stuff, and then you have to have a birth certificate to do this and that and the other and it, uh, it, uh, it, it concerns me that it's uh, turning into more of a your papers, please kind of thing. Uh, could you tell me what E-Verify, how that it would actually work in practice? Sure. And the origins of E-Verify really go back to 1986. And the amnesty that was passed, Ronald Reagan signed it, uh, about for 3 million people who were in the country legally. And the trade-off was, this is what the promise was when it was sold to the American people was we are going to have a one-time and one-time only amnesty for the people who are in the country in exchange for having a secure border mm-hmm. and cracking down on employers 
who hire people who aren't authorized to work in the U.S. So that's been, you know, since 1986, everyone has had to, you know, supply evidence, you know, proof that they were authorized to work. So it's not adding anything additional. What it, what E-Verify does is it transforms what is a paper system now, which is the I-9 form. Fill that out and hand it to the employer. Right. But you can put nine zeros or, you know, lots of people use fake social security numbers. E-Verify, you actually put it into a web-based system and you automatically get a result. And it's one of the few government programs, which is actually very popular. Employers who use it uh, like it very much. And then really what it does is it takes the onus off the employer. The employer isn't tasked with determining whether someone's authorized. Oh, they put in the information okay. that's given to them by, by the, the the employee, then and then they get the result back that says this person's authorized. Then that person, for the employer's uh, sake, is is authorized. And the problem would be on the federal government, but the employer isn't on the hook for that. Uh, it's very effective. And even, you know, people on the other side point out, well, you know, it doesn't really dissuade people because— uh, there's no proof that all of these people who are illegal are getting caught by the system. But most people who aren't authorized to work aren't going to go into an employer who uses E-Verify to apply for a job. Or you know, it's it actually once you hire someone, you you check them with it. Okay. But they're not going to even start the process if they know that eventually that they're, they're going to be uh, this. You know, they're not going to be authorized to work because they're in the country illegally. What about uh, the situation of stolen or duplicated social security numbers? Let's say that uh, someone, if I were to apply for a job with E-Verify, and I've been here, you know, 61 years, 62 years, you know, as an American, a native-born American citizen, and someone has stolen my social security number and then used it elsewhere, what happens to me if I go then uh, as, uh, you know, law-abiding person, and I go apply for a job, and someone says, hey, wait a minute, you're already working over here at a chicken factory in uh, Oklahoma or something like that. What happens? Well, if, if that happened, that would be uh, a great thing. And what you can do as an individual is to sign up for a program that alerts if someone is using your um, Social Security number. The problem right now with E-Verify is, yes, people can use someone else's real um Social Security number. Now there are biometrics for people who are foreign born, and so they have to provide photo ID if you're not a U.S. citizen, uh, which makes it more difficult to steal someone's identity. If an employer looks at the picture and sees that it's not you, uh, but the problem really comes down to again the federal government, which is not allowing the Social Security Administration to alert DHS when let's say there's five people using a, uh, a Social Security number. So there is a big portion of the federal government that is so. So there, a whole lot of the federal government. You're telling me, Eric, is really there to facilitate illegal immigration, not to actually stop it. I mean, that's just the that's the policy, top to bottom, is what you're telling me there. In many it's of these hard agencies, hard to argue otherwise. It's yeah, hard to argue otherwise. You look at what the federal government is doing or not doing. Like the president could say, you know, alert these people so that DHS can find the people who are using this fraudulently. I, identity theft is a real problem. Mm-hmm. And the federal government is doing basically nothing to fight it or, or to prevent it. Let's say that H.R. 2, the Secure the Border Act, were to be passed. And let's say it got into uh, into law. Biden administration doesn't uh, sign it and uh, that there's enough, uh, there's, a, there's enough pushback that it can overcome the veto in Congress. Can the White House then ignore that as they are ignoring existing immigration law. Could they not do that? 
Well, it would be much more difficult because it really narrows. Number one, it would narrow uh, the law to prevent a lot of the things that they're doing. And the law is quite clear, uh, and then the abuse is quite clear. But the problem with laws is, and, and, and this is a Secretary Mayorkas. Again, this is an incompetence. He's very good at his job. The problem is he sees his job as violating the law or twisting the law in order to, to, to uh, get people into the country. And that goes back to his days at the USCIS, where he was basically selling EB-5 visas, got in trouble for that. But yes, you're, if a president doesn't want to enforce the law, then you know he can. And certainly President Biden has not enforced laws when it comes to immigration that he hasn't liked. Uh, and that is something that is a threat to our system that goes beyond policy. And so Congress needs to assert itself, which, you know, Republicans or Democrats, it's been a problem with Congress allowing the executive to abuse not just immigration law. They sort of step back from their constitutional duty. They need to reassert their power, their plenary power, and say, no, we are not going to allow this. We're in control of immigration policy. And, you know, put the onus on the president. You know, I, I don't. I'm not going to make a prediction about how President Biden would uh, react going forward if H.R. 2 were to be passed. I would hope that he would comply with the law as it is written. Uh, I don't have a lot of, of faith in that, considering they haven't been faithful to the law as it is already written. But Congress simply can't wipe his hands and say there's nothing we can do. They are one third of our federal government, and they have a they must play a role in reining in a president who at this point, is saying, I'm only going to enforce laws which I agree with. And if you don't pass the law that I want, then I'm not going to do what Congress has already instructed me to do. Yeah, We, and, can't, have a, we can't have a functioning government like that. This has been a, a challenge with uh, the elevation of the president, no matter whether a Republican or Democrat has uh, been taking on uh, more power, I think, than constitutionally permissible. But this has been going on for a long, long time. But you're right. It's Congress uh, kind of uh, going to sleep on the job uh, Perhaps intentionally. I don't know. Eric, I appreciate you explaining uh, what is at stake here. And we're going to be all over this one for sure. And Eric Ruark is Numbers USA Director of Research and Public Relations. Of course, Numbers USA is at .com or .org. Remind me about that again, where people can read up more on this issue and many others. NumbersUSA.com. All right. NumbersUSA.com. Thanks for the analysis. I really appreciate this. And uh, boy, I'll tell you. Uh, I, I'm hoping that the next time I talk to you here in a month or two or whatever it is, we'll have better news. <laughs> we'll, I hope so, too. It's been right. great talking to you. And let's see, this is going to happen you know, sooner rather than later. All right. So we'll see. We'll see. Thank you, Eric. Be well. Thank you. 658 KMED KCMD. You're waking up on Conspiracy Theory Thursday with the Bill Myers Show. Mm, good. Artisan Bakery Cafe new owners McKay and Jamie and their two sons invite you to come enjoy unique European-style pastries made fresh daily in South Medford for over 18 years. Bake goods the way they ought to be. Delicious and out-of-this-world satisfying. One memorable bite after another will leave you wanting more. From cupcakes to almond bear claws, rich butter horns, fruit-filled scones, cupcakes, beignets, and more. 1325 Center Drive next to South Fred Meyer, 245-3500. Millette Construction has been a general contractor for 40 years. For the last 20 years, they've specialized in foundation repair and replacement. If you have sloping floors, cracks in walls, and windows and doors that are hard to open, you have a foundation problem that's only getting worse. At Millette Construction, they not only fix your foundation and level your house, they solve the water problem that's causing the damage. 
get on solid ground. Call Millette Construction for a free estimate. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. CCB number 32787. Are you the parent of a 2- to 7-year-old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now, you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award-winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now, we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month. But you have to go to abcmouse.com radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-1897. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-575-1897. That's 800-575-1897. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people welcome back to the bill myers show 106.3 kmed 99.3 kcmd you don't have to be afraid of the irs just identify as an illegal alien what can they do nothing <laughs> nothing else gets done i don't know let me talk with uh, it's just one of those days on conspiracy theory thursday by the way this is uh, kmed kmed hd1 eagle point medford kcmd grants pass and joel's here in the iron gate as we talk about the gated private road, which is stopping people from getting in and out of there, the uh, dam removal scam, people have done this. And what's the latest on this, Joel? Take it away. Joel, might help I push the button. David. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, hello, folks. Yeah, I told Dave uh, just a minute, a couple minutes ago, that maybe we could get Channel, channel 12 and Channel 5. Channel 10 used to be the go-to to get some action. Mm-hmm. Well, all I know is the left the left managed to get 500 people at the crack of dawn. I don't know how all the conservatives on the right side lucky to muster half a dozen people or something. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that, that, certainly, that certainly is an issue. Uh, you know, really what we have to do, I, I think, honestly, um, conservatives, I think since conservatives don't want to go out and protest, what we need to do is just uh, hire a company. We, we have to have like rentamob.com. In Northern California, oh, to come out and uh, and <laughs> what do you think about that? And would you just pay them, pay them to protest on our behalf and hold a sign? We'll give them the signs, and maybe uh, maybe then some people will get off their behind. What do you think? Yeah, I'm all for that. <laughs> anyway, I, I've, I've got an attorney friend who's uh, also a, a real estate broker that owns 33 lots out there. So I'm trying to get a hold of him. He's mo- moved to another city, but. Yeah, I still think, though, that, you know, all this talk about the ADA and we're denying access and things like that, unless you can go to court and uh, and, and make your case, it's probably not going – nothing much is probably going to happen on this one right away. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's, it's very frustrating. Let me go to Tom. Hello, Tom. Take it away. What's on your mind? Well, good morning. Uh, well, that was uh, a very good talk on Numbers USA mm-hmm. uh, about – what is going on, but there was like no discussion on why it's going on. 
And uh, well, that's not Numbers USA's job. There, uh, Numbers USA is not a. Why is it? Because I think why it's uh, being left open is pretty openly clear, and that is uh, population replacement, and it's uh, politicians rushing to spread disorder and dilute the native-born population base politically. That, that that's pretty obvious to me, or self-evident, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, my I also characterize it as basically they want to. Uh, you know, erase the borders. And this is a, a not just a United States, but it's worldwide. And it's coming from the likes of the World Economic Forum, the Davos Group, the G7, the Bilderbergers, and so forth. The elites have decided that, uh, you know, it's time to get rid of countries. Well, the idea is that we're also fighting amongst ourselves, right? We're fighting each other for the scraps of uh, of uh, government largesse after uh, disorder and uh, more incompatibility is brought into your society. You know, those kind of people are easier to control to a certain extent. Well, yes, yeah, so you have a lot of uh, people arriving that are just completely ignorant of all the uh, the history of the United States and, and our um, Constitution and laws and so forth and so on. So oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you okay, yeah, you, you think a poor itinerant farmer from southern Mexico is going to come in here and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to go out there and support uh, property rights and Second Amendment right and things like that. It's like, no, they've grown up on a system that was completely uh, devoid of such principles. That's all. Yeah, so just stepping back and realizing that what what's going on is 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 treason. Uh, You know, I it's really upsetting to see uh, what's going on in Congress where they're trying to go into Hunter. Biden's laptop and say this and that. They had the borders. That's that's alone enough to get rid of Biden, and they should get rid of him. But it's like the your uh, person you're interviewing there. The Congress has really uh, dropped the ball. They're spineless. I don't know if they've just been bribed, if they've been threatened. Uh, I'm not really sure. It, but be, I have to tell you, or just stupid. Congress acts like a um, an institution in which everybody has naked pictures on them. And maybe there are yeah. naked pictures on all of them. I don't know. It's like, a, you know, here here it is. Hey, you want to be on Epstein, Epstein's uh, list here today? Uh, you know, play ball. I don't know. But uh, it does make you wonder. I appreciate the call as always, Tom. Conspiracy Theory Thursday on the line one. Good morning. Hi, who's this? Yeah, Ron Grant's pass. Hi, Ron. Take it away. What's in, up? Yeah, in reference to the um, invasion from the south and the north and whatever they're coming from, if you take the population growth and anchor baby uh, policy, uh, every year after the age of 12, each girl has a baby. That's an anchor baby. And then you go 12 years beyond that, and each one of those has a baby. Hmm. So in about 36 years, you have a significant uh, imbalance of un-American that is not American versus uh, what used to be citizens. So now you have the the population being um, muddied, if you like, uh, and you are not going to be able to support it because the government is cutting down on all uh, resource use, uh, natural gas, oil. Yeah, isn't it fascinating that the government, at the same time that they were saying that we wish to uh, eliminate your your fossil fuels, so-called fossil fuel use, I don't believe they are fossil fuels, but that's the you know common name for them, 
but uh, you know the fossil fuel use, and we're going to cut your electricity use. Or do they want to cut all of this because the idea is that well, we're going to import more people, and you're just going to live at a lower level. You know, because it's just no fun. Well, it's, it's just no fun being a member of the elite if uh, most Americans can live the same way we can. You know? It's not. It's not going to get to that point uh, because at some point there'll be no resources and people be fighting over scraps and or be in a blackout situation, uh-huh. uh, and, and there won't be any uh, trucks being delivering anything. There won't be any natural gas or uh, other resource that you need to live a normal, um, peaceful life. Now you have all these invaders who also need support. they got hospitals. They need food. They need uh, transportation. Okay, now the kind of world you're describing here, why don't we just, uh, in, instead of talking about electing county commissioners, uh, why, don't we, why don't we just uh, elect our uh, future warlords? How about that? Yeah. I mean, I'm only half kidding. Listen here, I'm only half kidding. You know, well, if, one, one, one other thing, Bill, uh, we have these Pfizer's uh, and other companies doing nothing more than uh, uh, stabs as, as their primary source of income. Why don't they? Why doesn't the government come to those resources and say you will, uh, as part of a, being an American, come up with? one uh, or 10 or 20 different drugs that are being made in China that will now be made by you here in the United States. And we will give you a tax break uh, for a period of uh, two years to get this started. I mean, it it sounds really good, but remember uh, the... uh, I don't don't think the current system cares where it's made as long as it's cheap, I think. Well, the whole problem is they won't need to do stabs because... The stats are killing people off, and all of the spike proteins and so on that uh, are now uh, back uh, logging your body. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, we're kind of we're kind of getting getting off in the weeds here. But point point well taken, though. Uh, but the one thing I think that I did come away with from the uh, numbers USA is that it's obvious that. This is not uh, incompetence. And when people talk about impeaching Mayorkas over incompetence on the, at the border, no, this is a choice. It's a policy choice and a policy choice which is being allowed to continue, allowed to continue. And I appreciate the call there.